a marriage celebrant, the manager of words for your ceremony, and that person who becomes your advocate for the formalities of your wedding day. So what exactly is their role? What processes and timelines do they oversee? And is there a rule book for saying those I do's? In today's episode, I interview marriage celebrant, Ange Anderson. Ange is warm, relaxed, and a brilliant storyteller. She has a passion for sincerely getting to know couples who choose her, so on the day they feel like a friend is marrying them. And having 15 years' experience in commercial radio as a newsreader, it helps that she's also a true professional behind that mic. Hi, I'm Terry ann the Floral Director of Mondo Floral Designs. We manage hundreds of wedding floral concepts each year. I've taken the creative floral charge for over 4,000 weddings, designed flowers for many high-profile couples and a celebrity or two, and guided thousands of couples through their flower journey. So I know that rabbit hole of bloom chaos is real. But here's the thing. From the outside, choosing and understanding your wedding flower options seems pretty complicated. But trust me, when we break it all down, dive into the process and pick through those pretty petal battles, it's a breeze. Hit subscribe and join me each week as I provide clarity, information, creative advice and a clear vision for nailing your wedding flowers concept, as well as interviewing some of my favourite wedding professionals along the way. And if you're searching for a free flower planning guide, head to mondofloraldesigns.com.au forward slash podcast to download your 20-page wedding flowers seasonality and style guide, a bonus loaded information document to get you started. Welcome to Bloom Banter, the wedding flowers podcast. Let's chat all things blooming. I'm so excited to introduce today's guests, one of my favorite wedding celebrants and one of the most loveliest ladies you will ever find, Ange Anderson. Welcome, Ange. It's so wonderful to have you here today. Oh, thank you so much, Terry ann It's an absolute pleasure and an honor to be invited onto your podcast. I've been listening to all the episodes and not just as a celebrant, but also as somebody planning their wedding themselves. Can I just say thank you? Because All your information that you're giving from your wealth of experience is so helpful for those planning a big day. Oh, thank you. That's so kind. And and now, Ange, if I'm a little bit honest, I am super nervous about interviewing you. And as many of our listeners may know that your other gig is to read the news on Brisbane's leading morning radio show, Nova 106.9, one of my, well, it's my station. And so you're pretty proficient behind that mic. And so it's, um, yeah, the heart's fluttering a little bit because I'm super nervous. So it's thank funny. you for your time. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you say that because I'm actually nervous because it's very different to be at the other end of the microphone and being interviewed myself because I'm usually the one doing the interviewing. So yeah, it's I can imagine. I can yeah. imagine. We can be nervous together. 
together. (laughs) But on top of that, you're also an award-winning newsreader. So the accolades continue and you've got that voice of honey, Ange, that I aspire to. And I know you love a good wedding and you did say you're a bride-to-be, so that's super exciting also. I would imagine becoming a wedding celebrant for you seemed like the next natural extension of what you already do. So tell us a little bit about how you became a wedding celebrant and the background and and the reasons. Well, I guess I just love storytelling and the best kind of story to tell is a love story. And I've always been fascinated, I guess, by how two people you know, meet, they fall in love, and then they want to spend the rest of their lives together. I always say to couples when I meet them, it's actually a miracle of all the people on the planet, you find each other and you decide that they're the one for you. Absolutely. It kind of is when you break it down like that. And it would be such an honor. I know it is for us in our small way, but you are a real advocate and such a management of that process and and a real honor, isn't it? It really is. And I guess I really enjoy the genuine connection that you form with a couple. So you get to know them and they they actually become friends. I find a lot of the couples that I work with and then you follow them on their journey. So they get married and then, you know, sometimes they go on to have children and then they often invite me back to actually do their baby naming, which is just such a nice little yeah progress that you go on with them through their journey in life. It's beautiful and it's a, it's a very personalised connection. So um, it's great to see that you're so enthusiastic and so passionate about it. And and I guess there's many people out there who are, you know, starting that process and, and the legalities, Ange, and, and the process itself. So let's talk about, you know, how far in advance does that paperwork need to be attended to and, and what's the process? What's the beginning? Well, I find that every celebrant is quite different when they do go through the process that we call it. But um, I always say, meet with a celebrant and decide that they're the one for you. So do you have that genuine connection with them? Are they the one that's going to be best representing you on the day? And then go from there. So if you do think that they are the person that can tell your love story and tell it well, book them. And then what we have to do is uh, go through the paperwork. So there is a notice of intended marriage form that has to be done one month before your wedding date. And that pretty much is you saying, yes, I am getting married on this day and I'm going to engage with this celebrant to do it. There are a lot of questions on that form. And I always say to couples, don't be daunted by what's on there because there's so many questions, things like where you were born. A lot of people don't even know where they were born, Terry. And I find that that quite strange. Yeah. But it's on their birth certificate or their passport. So not the hospital that you're born at, the the place. Mm -hmm. The location. Yeah. And then there's things also like uh, your mum's maiden name. A lot of people don't know what their mum's name was before they were married. And the reason why we need all that information is uh, it's so Queensland birth, deaths and marriages or the state wherever you're getting married in can actually marry that up with the profile that they have of you already. Wonderful. That's great because I think a lot of people just perhaps just go along the journey of planning. And and I always say when I meet with my clients, you know, that the celebrant needs to be connected with really quickly because of that paperwork required. And obviously yeah. people do plan their wedding far more than a month in advance generally. But um, certainly, as you were saying before, that connection's important. Um, perhaps, you know, a celebrant can only really do one wedding a day. So that's really super yeah. important to make sure that you confirm that person that's 
right for you. There's a mm. lot of trust as well involved with a celebrant. You are giving them quite a lot of personal detail. Uh, you also, when you're putting that notice of intended marriage form together, you have to give them your, your birth certificate or your passport as a form of ID and also your driver's licence or another government-issued you know, issued document just to prove mm. who you are. And, um, yeah, you really do need to make sure that you've got that connection. And going back to what you just said about celebrants, you know, doing one ceremony a day, that's a real stickler for me. I'm, I'm really passionate about only having one couple a day because I have been to a wedding before I was a celebrant where one of my oh. friends uh, was getting married, uh, Daniel, to the lovely Jamie, and the celebrant was in such a rush to get to the next ceremony that uh, they started to say Peter instead of Daniel when they were doing oh the vows. So, yeah, from that moment I've always said to myself, you should really only ever choose a celebrant who is going to be dedicated to you on your big day. You're spending a lot of money on your day. It's so important. We've all thought about that day for years before beforehand. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. it's important to to make sure that you are getting the right vendors on board. Definitely. That's great advice. Really good advice. And and obviously once they've connected with you and and we've gone through the process and the legalities I get it's I guess then it's about writing vows, isn't it? And and coming up with a plan. And I suppose everyone wants to personalize their ceremony to a degree. And ceremonies have changed so much. So what happens next, Ange? What's what's the next step? Well, I find a lot of good celebrants out there will give you a booklet of lots of examples and perhaps weddings that they've written before. And it'll start to, you know, get, give you a bit of an idea on, on what you want from your day. And a lot of couples have been to a lot of civil ceremonies themselves and, and they'll know what they love and what they, they didn't love so much. So it's about the celebrant just engaging in conversation, asking those key questions to really know what the couple wants from their day. Um, and also a good celebrant will give you a timeline of what you need to do and when you need to do it because there is so much involved in the lead up to and you've it's not just working with the celebrant, you know, you're working with your floral designer, you're working with your stylist, you're working with the venue. So I like to give them dates so they know what benchmarks we need to hit. And Right. Those benchmarks are things like we do need to fill out a, a no legal impediment to marriage. So that basically is a form to say that uh, you are free to marry the person that you are marrying. There's no you know divorce proceedings still going through the court. Um, I haven't married a couple under the age of 18, but there is a section on, on there too. Yeah. If you are aged under 18, that you have got the court's approval to get married um, on there as well. So, yeah, there's a there's lot a of work. Yes. There is, yeah. But a the lot. thing is, notice of intended marriage form, that first form gives the celebrant all the information that they need to generate the rest of the paperwork. So you really shouldn't have to worry about it. It's just worrying about when you sign it and making sure that the celebrant's doing their job and um, getting you to lodge that paperwork when you need to. Great. So you're, you're also, you're the manager of words, but you're also the management of timelines to a degree. So yes, there's yes. quite a lot. It's, it's a layered position that you have in a wedding day, which is um, really interesting, far more yeah. than I expected. And then working with couples um, with their vows, that's that's a totally different ballgame as well, because, you know, you'll often find uh, with a couple, there's a different dynamic between them. So they'll be on the same page, they're in love, but one's more talkative than the other and the other's a little bit, you know, shy and don't want to express their feelings. So it's up to me yeah. as a celebrant to help them write those vows and, you know, make them really meaningful and from the heart. 
And does that often travel through email communication, phone communication, personal meetings? How do you facilitate that? Basically, however the couple want to do it. I do find um, emailing back and forth does help, just getting their ideas on paper and then helping them formulate that into, you know, some words. A lot of people, you know, find that writing words is quite hard and I always say to them, just think about it like you're writing each other a card, like a Valentine's Day card or something like that and take the pressure off yourself. It really shouldn't be a stressful task. It should be enjoyable and you should be able to write exactly how you feel in that moment. Oh, that's wonderful advice. And and I would imagine that there would be couples, many couples that would internally pre-wedding day experience anxiety and nerves. And then of course, on the day when they have to deliver those words in front of who who knows how many people, that exasperates the situation even more. So what tips and advice do you give to couples about obviously speaking in public and speaking, you know, lovingly to your partner in public and, and how they how they can get through that process with um without too much anxiety? It's a really important thing that you mentioned there. I do find a lot of couples feel anxious on the day, especially if they are introverts. And I encourage them to just think about each other and be in the moment. So look at your partner. If if you are daunted by all your friends and family and all their eyes being on you, just look at your partner and just take in the moment because, you know, you only get one shot at it. So just really be present on the day. And not just that surprised by the amount of people who think that they have to memorize their vows. Right. Yeah, you read them. You don't have to memorize them. So, yeah, and and I guess to the way to to make sure that you deliver them the way you want to is to practice them out aloud quite a few times before the ceremony, and perhaps even you know look in the mirror and say it and think about you know the way you want to deliver it. Do you want to read it word for word off the paper, or do you want to glance up occasionally and take a pause and you know take that time just to to remember the moment that you're in. Amazing advice. And I think that's what one of the reasons I love your ceremonies, Ange, is that you're so inclusive and, and you very much dictate and deliver the ceremony for the couple's wants. And of course, ceremonies have changed so much over the years. And is there a rule book? I'm imagining no, but but I'm imagining a lot of people ask that question. And is there a process in terms of the timeline from guests arriving and then obviously saying I do and then legalities being signed? Do you suggest that there is a process? Do you come up with a plan? It's funny. Everyone always says, what should we be doing? And the answer is whatever you feel comfortable doing. There are three things that we do have to include in a ceremony and that is that you have a celebrant who says somewhere in the introduction that they are a celebrant and they're to officiate your marriage. Uh, You then have to, of course, um, have your celebrant say the monotum. So that's the bit that if you've been to a civil ceremony you would have heard before, they'll say something along the lines of duly authorised by law to solemnise marriage according to the law, blah, blah, blah. It goes on for a little bit. Um, That's the only bit you really have to have in the ceremony then there is the vows that you have to do so um it can be a simple line really and it it doesn't have to be you know a page long like a lot of people think it has to be it can be a simple line about your intention to be together forever with that person and then lastly we just uh need to 
uh, make sure that you sign the paperwork and that is witnessed by uh, two people over the age of 18. And a lot of people think that that should be someone part of their bridal party, like their maiden of honour or perhaps their their best man, but it, it doesn't have to be. Again, I do like to include everybody in your ceremony. So think about the people that might feel a little bit left out on the day. Um, often mums think that, you know, they, they miss out on opportunities at weddings. So yeah. I like to often suggest, you know, get your mum to sign, you know, the, the certificate. They'll be so honoured. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's good to, you know, there's so many people that are so special in your lives and not everyone can be in the bridal party. So providing someone with another role is a really great element to add to their day. And of course, that person would be overwhelmed by that gesture as well. So that's so wonderful. And and tell me about a typical wedding day for you. Obviously, most of our weddings are perhaps afternoon, but we do morning and lunchtime weddings. But talk me through your day. Well, it starts really early. A lot of people think that a celebrant is there for an hour and their job is, you know, it's over and done with very quickly, but there is a lot involved behind the scenes. And, you know, there is a reason why celebrants, you know, do cost sometimes, you know, between $400 to $1,600. And that's because it's their level of experience and what they put into the day. So, um, I find that uh, there's usually three hours of consultation that, you know, is in the lead up to the wedding. Um, there's a lot of emailing back and forth, as we mentioned. There's time sat behind the computer crafting the ceremony. And then uh, sometimes we haven't mentioned rehearsal yet. A lot of couples love to do a rehearsal and that also cures those nerves that we were talking about before because couples... Yes, I can imagine you would yeah. suggest that that's a great option. Yeah, so they everyone knows, you know, what's happening next and where you'll be standing and where the celebrant will be standing and yeah, it just it does cure those nerves, I find. Then on the actual day of the wedding, um, as I said, I get up really early. I make sure that all my equipment is working, um, all my batteries are charged overnight, and uh, I familiarise myself with the script. So I go over every cell. You know, every ceremony is different. We personalise them as we've mentioned, and I just make sure that I'm I'm 100% across what that script is going to look like for that day, and that ceremony is going to look like. Um, I then make dedication, Ange. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's incredibly layered. I'm um, really really intrigued by the level of work that goes into what can sometimes be referred to as a very small amount of time. Yeah, it's it's a passion of mine. It really is. I absolutely love this job. I don't even call it a job. It's, it is a passion. And oh, I just love that genuine connection. I have mentioned it time and time again, but I love people and I love hearing their stories. And it's just such an honor to be chosen to be by a couple's side as they make that ultimate commitment to each other. And, you know, it's the biggest day of their lives usually. Absolutely. And and I've seen when we work together that you do arrive at a ceremony fairly early, which is great. And I think that's integral to the positivity of the beginning. Yes, definitely. And usually in the car on the way there, I've listened to the bridal procession song and you know it really gets me in the mood it makes me really start to visualize the day and then I say the couple's name out aloud lots of times so I say it right yeah and then well researched yeah and then yeah when, when I do get there I like to mix and mingle with the vendors like yourself and then if the couple is on site or one of the couples I'll go visit them and see how they're feeling and yeah, that makes me excited as well because, yeah, I, I, I can almost channel their energy, their nervous energy, their excited energy, and it, it really helps me with my delivery and my performance on the day. 
Good. That's wonderful to hear. And so, Ange, I also listened recently to one of your episodes on your podcast about same, same weddings. And I love how you spoke about how you don't segregate couples into categories and how same-sex weddings for you and for many of us um, are no different to heterosexual couples getting married. And I know how incredibly passionate you are about how Australia now has the ability to legally marry everybody, as am I, but it's been a journey, hasn't it? And I think it's taken way too long. And in my business, we always have been huge advocates of same-sex marriage and we're so thrilled that our calendar has now a huge blend of girls marrying girls and guys marrying guys and girls marrying guys and guys marrying girls. And and it's just so inclusive and so right. And tell me about your calendar. I'm I'm hoping and and I'm assuming that it's a a similar mix. It's something that I'm really passionate about as well, Terri Ann. I have um, some gay friends who a couple of years ago, were really keen to get married. And the only way that they could do it in Australia was through a commitment ceremony. And that really broke my heart. So they, they traveled to Canada where it was legal to, to get married there for them. And since then, they've actually got married back in Australia. And it's, it's really exciting that I was actually involved in that wedding and that we could do it and it was legal. It was just really, really heartfelt moment. Um, How wonderful. And, and it's a shame that we have to feel like we have to celebrate that, but it's just so wonderful that now it's so inclusive, finally. So finally. Um, we're we're excited, um, obviously, about what's coming in, in the end of the year here and, and obviously in the current climate. And for anyone not listening in real time, we're obviously still navigating our way through COVID and it's great to see some big changes coming, particularly for Queensland from the end of this week. But how have things been going for you, Ange? It's been a very challenging time and there's been a lot of juggling and there's been a lot of postponements and I just feel for the couples. It's it's been such a tricky time to navigate and there are a lot of moving parts in a wedding and I'm just a small picture as a marriage celebrant and they have to make sure that everyone is aligned and able to do the wedding on their new date. And I want to make sure that that couple has the best day of their lives. My heart has been breaking for them because it, it is something you look forward to and it, it can't happen. Yeah. It's been so challenging and, and the landscape has been a daily changing scenario. And and it's great to see a little bit of positivity coming now. And I think in terms of uh, weddings, I, I know and and certainly can see that we'll be moving forward and, and everything should be scheduled as we have uh, in place. And, and it's great to see that happening. But certainly, again, we've had challenging um, details to work out. And as wedding providers, we just want to be an advocate for the end result and we want people to be married. And, and obviously, we just know that we have to try and do what we can to make that be a reality. And it's been a bit hard, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. And I actually joked with um, one of my brides before because sometimes you, you can only laugh about the situation but she's meant to be getting married in two weeks and obviously all of her family is in Victoria and we've got that restriction at the moment where Victorians aren't allowed in Queensland and I said we're just going to have to put them in the boot and smuggle them across the border. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm sure they'll be up for that too. And, and look, I think Australia will be back on track pretty soon and we'll be back on the ballpark doing our thing. And, you know, I can't wait. I'm sure you can't wait either. And it's been wonderful uh, to have the time to connect with wedding suppliers over the recent weeks. And I know everyone's been doing it pretty tough and, um, you know, great to have some positivity come our way from Queensland Government this week. And exactly. um, yep. I know if you're anything like me, I have been missing weddings. I really miss yeah. that adrenaline and that buzz and that feeling. I really can't wait to get back Absolutely. into it. Absolutely. And it's such a social occasion as well as a, a work gig for us, isn't it? And, and uh, we were saying earlier that we haven't seen each other for so long and and it's nice to be able to sort of um, know that we'll be able to catch up very soon. And, um, and I was just wanting to mention, obviously, your podcast, Ange, if uh, anyone would like to listen, Wedding Secrets is a great podcast uh, to absorb all of the wedding details in as well. And uh, that's available on Apple, Spotify and all of the good podcast players. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, you were so kind to have me as a guest on your podcast earlier this year. And I'm so grateful that you've made the time to share uh, your day with me today on my little podcast. So where can everyone find you, Ange? You can hit up marriedbyange.com.au. Uh, also, you can email me at any time, hello at marriedbyange.com.au. And I'm on all the socials um, at Ange underscore Anderson or at Married by Ange. Thank you so much for the opportunity today, Terry, and I really appreciate it. Oh, my absolute pleasure. It's always a thrill to talk to you, and um, we look forward to seeing you in person very soon. Yes, let's make it happen. Thanks, Ange. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Make sure you hit subscribe to receive our weekly wedding flower chats. And if you have enjoyed the Bloom banter today and found this episode interesting, we would love you to leave us a review and perhaps a rating and provide us with feedback about our little flower show. It would be really appreciated. For plenty of pretty wedding flowers inspiration, real weddings and further information on Blooms, head to Mondo Floral Design Designs.com.au for inspiration and information regarding your wedding flowers planning. And to download your 20-page free flower planning and style guide, don't forget to visit mondofloraldesigns.com.au forward slash podcast. We look forward to our next episode, but in the meantime, please send us a DM or email. We would love you to say hello.